Yo, Ryan Hartley here and welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. And today, episode 76 is with Nick Hansen, positive psychologist, high performance speaker and trainer. We have a fantastic conversation. I really hope that you're able to take something positive away from this interview that will really help you be always better than yesterday. Let's dive in. And welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions with me, Ryan Hartley. And today my guest is Nick Hansen. Welcome, Nick. Hi. Lovely to be here. It's amazing to have you. I love the fact that you're a positive psychologist. Before we get into any of that, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story. So yeah, hi everyone. I'm Nick Hansen. I am a high performance trainer, speaker and writer. As Ryan says, I've got a background in psychology and I specialise in positive psychology. And for those who don't know who that, what that is, because I didn't until about five years ago, it's a relatively new science. It's a new strand of psychology. And instead of coming to me with kind of depression or anxiety, you would come to me to help you flourish and live a happier, more successful life. I love that. I love that. And you I've seen on your, your website, you talk about being a balanced junkie and a freedom seeker. Take me on the story of how this all came to be. So it probably began when I was about 26, I think. You know, I was one of those people that never really knew what I wanted to do. People always said, what do you want to do? And I I didn't go to university. I just did some work experience at school and ended up working in the bank. And I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. But I always was drawn and gravitated towards people. And I always had this massive thing about customer service. I would always go above and beyond and Mm. always put the customer first. So I knew there was a people thing in there, but I didn't quite know what that meant and what the interaction was. And then I had a partner at the time who had an autistic brother and I kind of couldn't quite figure out how to communicate with him and what he needed from me. So I started looking into autism and that kind of piqued an interest in psychology for me. And I, I'd messed my A-levels up at school. I kind of didn't really have that focus at school. I did, I did well in my GCSEs, but my A-levels, I just got this newfound freedom and you know, the focus wasn't there. So I went and did a psychology A-level at night school when I was 26 and I Mm. absolutely loved it. Like it just, I was like, this is what I need to do. So then I I went on this journey of doing my A-level and then went to do an open university degree in psychology. And I started to change what I was doing in my career. And again, it became more people focused. So I worked in IT, I didn't like it, as most of the people who work in IT don't, and they just fell into it, but I was gravitating towards how people worked. And then what I started to do was I started to change how people worked, and that became my job. So my full-time job was something called service improvement. So I Mm -hmm. ended up helping to change a company's service, which included how staff worked which I loved, I loved, I loved. So in the meantime, I'm doing my psychology degree. And then as tends to happen in our life when things are going quite well, some big things started happening to me in my life. So I suffered an almighty burnout in my mid-30s. And 
looking back, it was probably something I did because I was doing my degree. I was working full time, which included a lot of traveling. And I also, in my wisdom, decided to renovate properties as an aside in my spare time. <laughs> so I was self-employed and I ended up in bed one morning and I just couldn't get out of bed. So mentally I felt fine. I was like, what is this all about? But I realize now looking back that this was a huge, huge burnout for me. And I ended mm. up, I ended up being in bed for about eight months. And, mm. you know, just to have that trigger, obviously you go through things in life, which are massively life changing. And I had no income. I had no partner. I had, you know, this lifestyle, which I thought I wanted. And then physically I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. Mm. You know, so it was, it was that really, Ryan, that set me on this different path now that I'm on, which is the balance junkies and, you know, having the freedom to work for myself is super important. And, you know, the balance isn't always easy, particularly with what we're going through now, but I'm always really conscious of this burnout phase I went through and mm. it, it, probably took me about five years to properly come through that if I'm totally honest which mm. is only just a few years ago that I really got through that mm. metaphorically speaking what got you out of bed that's a really good question uh, I think I did and mm. because I, I see myself as somebody who's a high a high performer I it was a bit of a a double-edged sword because I was a high performer I always thought I needed to do more but then when I find myself in bed I was like oh my goodness I've got to get out of bed I've got to do this I've got to do that but then I kind of let it go a little bit like okay high performance doesn't mean burning yourself out let's just sit with this let's feel these emotions and one day I just I thought do you know what I can I can do something different so it, it was it was me, it was my friends, it was the, the support I had around me. I started drawing on that and they gave me the strength and then I felt the strength to, to get up and do something different. Mm. I love that. You, um, you say on your website um, when it's okay to quit and I found this really interesting. So when is it okay to quit? Uh, it, everything's easy with hindsight, right? So I would say I should have quit two years before I had my burnout and now I have the knowledge of a burnout I will massively quit before that so I was always like quitting equals failure so don't you know you don't want to go down that route but it's not sometimes it's okay particularly now with going through what we're going with the coronavirus that we just sit and be and experience the feelings that we've got and don't try and throw them to one side which is what I kept doing I was like right I'll deal with that later I'll deal with that later I'll deal with that later let's close the box in our head let's close that push it back and deal with it later but at some point those boxes for me just started pinging open and I was like right mm. I've got to I've got to try and shut these boxes let's just deal with that later <laughs> but it there comes a point where you can't you just have to deal with that and work through it and that's, I think, why I got into positive psychology, because there's so many tools that you can use and techniques to help you out of this 
for me it wasn't a rut it was the biggest cave the biggest deepest hole I've ever been in but mm. even if you're in a rut some of these tools and techniques massively help so that was what got me into positive psychology in the end I was going to originally be a criminal psychologist working with prisoners and in that side of things and you can't really go more opposite than where I am mm. now with positive psychology but I think it's because of what I went through and I was like right I need some tools and techniques and support and this is what led me down this path to positive psychology. We have a very similar background. I was a curious human being. I went to university to do psychology. And my audience might will know that I wanted to know why naughty people did naughty things. So I wanted to become a criminal profiler. I think I'd watched too many Wire in the Blood episodes back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I joined the police as a 999 core handler and quickly realized that the criminal profiler job didn't happen. And, and I, what I did is I found myself in a service improvement role, much like yourself. And, and I guess there's, there's an awakening when you, when you get this sense of being able to make things better. Um, that was what I fell in love with and, and coaching was, was the best way for me to be able to help that happen for people. And I just love to know a first and foremost, what do you term positive psychology and then how do you use that uh, in your day-to-day in your business right now? It's a great question. And I didn't realize we had such similar backgrounds. That's, that's really strange. So positive psychology is the science of flourishing. So again, you know, I think the beginning part of my life, I really flourished. I really, you know, I did really well. I had a lot of money. I had a really successful job. And, you know, I was getting to the point where I wanted to start a family and I was looking at relationships and that kind of thing. So I was like, you know what, you can have it all. But then clearly my life was destined for different things. And, you know, I haven't got the family that I've always wanted and I haven't got the relationship that I've always wanted. So, you know, work wise, I've done really well and then lost it all as well. So Mm. there's a, a huge thing in life about you've got it you've got to attain you've got to get you've got to get to a certain place and you know when you're there Mm -hmm. you've made it and only now I I think I would have been chasing this kind of ever eternal there this this fake there this this happiness that's there that actually I know now isn't because we can be happy right here right now it's a choice Mm -hmm. like this week I have really struggled emotionally with the, with the coronavirus, with not being able to see people and not being able to hug. I'm like a very tactile person. Mm-hmm. I miss my nephews and nieces and I was just in a real slump this week. So one of the tools that I go to is my go-to thing is the easiest thing to get you a good boost is gratitude journaling. Mm-hmm. You know, some people hate the word journal, so I tend not to use that word, but being grateful for what you've got is a massively important thing so again rather than focusing on what you don't have you focus on what you do have so for me i have a business that i absolutely love i have clients which you know i am so inspired by i'm reading a book a week this year so i'm learning so much i've got the time to read which i don't normally have so they're my three things that i wrote down this morning and every single day I write down three things I'm grateful for, some big, some little. It might be this this drink of tea that I've got right now that I'm grateful (laughs) for. You know, there's some days where there won't be big things that you're thinking of, but Mm. that is my absolute go-to tool 
to start with if ever I'm feeling slightly low it's there it's a connection and then when you go back and read it as well you're like this is amazing can you remember that day when I had this going on and can you imagine now I was looking back in a year's time to go and do what we're going through now we'll, we'll think it's absolute madness but focus on what you love and what you've got in your life and reading those things back it's so inspiring mm -hmm. did it take practice absolutely yeah so even now so i'm a positive psychologist <laughs> i i am not happy every day it doesn't mean that i'm happy every day it just means that i know how to tap into these things that can make you mm -hmm. happier and a happier person flourishes so you think i'm going to do all this work and then i'll be happy if you actually flip it around and say i'm going to be happy by doing something like gratitude journaling Mm -hmm. even even meditating like is brand brand new to me it's always something that i've advised i've been advised to do but i've just not given it the priority mm -hmm. i've just thought it's not for me i'm a go-getter you know i i'm focused on this that and the other and sitting down for 15 minutes didn't do it for me but during this lockdown every single day ryan i've been meditating mm -hmm. and i've got such a lot of focus from it so yes, it's practice and you'll find most of the things you do are habits. So either bad habits or good. And it, it can take maybe about a month to kind of get that habit ingrained into your world. They say 21 days to form a habit. It can actually be up to 66 days. It's quite, it can be quite a significant period of time. So, and just do one thing. So don't say, right, I'm going to do gratitude journal, I'm going to do meditation, I'm going to do yoga, I'm going to do my best possible self-exercise, I am just going to do one thing, get that ingrained into my routine, and then do another. What else helps you? What else helps you help others? Yeah, another great question. So what I tend to do now is I use myself as a guinea pig. <laughs> so I used to, back in my old IT days, you know, get people to do all this different stuff. Some of it I'd tried, some of it I hadn't. But now I feel like a bit of a hypocrite if I'm saying, right, Ryan, go and meditate if I'm not doing it. So what I've done over the past two years is basically use myself as a human guinea pig and done all these different tools and techniques. And one of them, which I really, really like, and I use with all my clients, is something called Best Possible Self. Mm -hmm. So this is you imagining yourself in your future. It could be in a year's time, could be in five years' time, could be in 10 years' time. It doesn't matter. You can set that time scale. You close your eyes and you visualize yourself as your best possible self in the future. So for me, I've got a one-year best possible self and a five-year best possible self. And I get my clients to do the same thing as well. So you imagine that everything's gone as well as it possibly could in your life. Mm -hmm. So say you exercise regularly and eat a really good diet and you feel strong. You don't feel any anxiety and you don't worry about things anymore. So think of that as your best possible self. Think of you with the bank account you want, with the health you want, with the relationships you want, with the house you maybe want, 
the car like i really want an orange mustang i've had this orange mm. mustang on my mm. on my goals list for years you can have the orange one as long as i can have the black one okay deal, deal. <laughs> <laughs> so you get yourself into this really good state visually with your eyes shut and then to imagine it and really feel it like see your see your best part of yourself with your family who's mm. there what are they saying to you who are you helping and what what is it what's the feeling get a real mm. feeling about it and then what i get people to do is for the next 10 minutes just write continuously about the things that you envisaged envisaged and imagined mm. and be as creative or as imaginative as you want Remember, so are you getting a are you getting a new mustang or an old one i'm gonna get a new one a new one what about you stripes down it. It so does. i'm gonna get old you see okay. it's got stripes yeah what color stripes <laughs> They're black. And what about the interior? It's like a um, cream leather. Mm -hmm. I can see it. Yeah, this is it, right? So, and and look at my excitement about this car because you've asked me a couple of questions. So, Mm. you know, I could just say, right, I want a Mustang and leave it at that. But like you've made me really think about it and the smell Mm. of the new leather when you get in it and the touch of the steering wheel when you hold it, and then the feeling you get while you drive it. Mm. You, you know, to go to this level of detail, you are focusing on exactly what you want in the future and what your best possible self looks like. Mm. So, you know, you could, I'm not a very good drawer, but you could draw this picture that you want, but I write it because my drawing's really bad, but I've got this spider diagram on my wall like you've got your, you know, your stuff behind you there on your whiteboard. <laughs> this is, I draw on the walls. On, I have flip chart paper and I draw it. Mm. I, um, I, I talk a lot about positivity and not, not just because life's great, but because life is tough. I think positivity is a, is a choice and it's been a real practical thing that's helped me through some of my darkest times. What would you say to people that think, positivity is rah-rah yeah I get it and like I say I'm not it doesn't mean I'm happy every single day I'm jumping around mm-hmm. and doing star jumps with people <laughs> it, it, there's a thing called a growth mindset or a fixed mindset and again I think this is a nice little um, trigger for you to look into positivity so if you googled growth or fixed mindset mm-hmm. that to me is an easy way to explain positivity so mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I'm going, oh my God, no, let's do this, let's do that. And like some crazy personal trainer, it's the fact that we know that the future will look different and that we're aiming towards something. If you're mm-hmm. in the deepest, darkest place right now, you know, I know that if you do gratitude journaling, your brain will start to think differently. Your wiring will start to connect differently. And you will start thinking in this growth mindset way. Mm. It's, called, it's called a growth mindset. So you know that you're forever growing. You know that you're forever aiming for something. Mm. And rather than this fixed mindset of, I can't, that, you know, that's a good example. I, I can't is mm. something that I try not to use in my, my language because it means that you're fixed. It means you're set. Mm. And obviously some things are easier. Like you say, you've been in some tough places. And it's not easy to just go, right, I'm flipping the switch. I'm going to be positive today. There's a lot more to it than that. 
get one thing, one thing that makes something easier for you. Gratitude journaling is a really good one. Best possible self is another one. So just having that one thing that is your go-to to help you, it might mm. be a person. You know, I watch your stuff. I think you're really inspirational, motivational. <laughs> Okay. so many other people do as well so you could be that one person for someone to just go right I'm having a bit of a bad day or mm. I need to get myself out of this pit I'm going to watch Ryan today and his podcast mm. or I'm going to do something like go out for a walk or do a bit of, a bit of yoga you know some of this isn't this isn't difficult mm. stuff to do just do one of them I um I grew up with a an inspirational mum she's she's my role model and she she always had this sense of it'll be fine. It'll be okay. There was just this optimism and positivity that just became part of our household. And, and I, and I grew up with this growth mindset and positivity that just was, Oh, that's just who I am. And, and I had to becoming a coach really go back and unpick that and really learn because it had become such a habit that I didn't really know how or why I had created that. And, and I now know that it's just the sheer, um way that my mum used to lead in the home but for those people that are looking at it now at the bottom of the mountain thinking he's so positive or they're so positive and, I, and i'm not you talked about gratitude you talked about best possible self where are some of the normal uh not normal strong words where are some of the entry level things what are some of the additional things that you could possibly guide our listeners to it, it's definitely support so it's really good that you had that upbringing. I had the opposite. I had mm -hmm. quite a negative experience and, you know, I, I was around people a lot that said, you can't do that. Mm. You know, I can remember my brother saying to my mum, I want to own a car, a car lot when I'm older. I want to sell cars because he is absolutely mad about cars. And I, I just remember saying, you can't do that, you know, and there was no malice. It didn't come from a place of malice. It was just that that's how she was told things were, you know, only pe different people became millionaires and only different people own their own businesses. And, you know, the support thing is huge. So through trial and error, as you go through life, you find people that you're drawn to and you're like, right, I really like them. They're really positive. They're really fun to be around. Let's spend a bit more time with them. So people like you, you're, we're in each other's world now. We weren't a few years ago. But having those connections with people that do offer positivity, like me, like you, you know, I've got a lot of friends on Facebook that follow my journey. And I'm quite happy to say I'm having a bad day today, guys. You know, this is the reason why I'll be able to get myself out of it or you, can you help me get out of it? And I think just... I only learned about five years ago to start showing vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. I always thought I had to wear this mask and this, you know, you've got to be professional and you've got to always be positive. And mm. that's not what people are drawn to. If I said every single day, I found it really easy. It's a total lie. And to, <laughs> to, to be vulnerable and to show that vulnerability it is the key for me to what changed back in my burnout because pre burnout, I wore the mask. Mm. You know, I, I walked down the street with my high heels on and you wouldn't think there was a problem at all with me. I mm. was just, you know, blazing a trail of glory through life. That's what people thought. Mm. 
and then now it's not like that at all so just opening up even if it's to one person even if it's to your best friend who you've never spoke to about this stuff before start sharing it you know I, i've got i've had direct experience of suicide which i know a lot of people would have mm-hmm. particularly particularly now you know mental health for me is at the forefront of my mind with what's going on mm-hmm. and when you've experienced that and you've been around it you know it's very often a fine line between people going down this route and staying positive i'm not naive to think this doesn't happen because i've got direct experience of it but that person i i had in my life he didn't speak to anyone he mm. he had this smile on his face and you you know you just thought everything was fine mm. and it wasn't and he just thought he had to wear this mask and this is why i get it now because i've been through the deepest darkest times of my own life and i've been suicidal i've been at that place mm. and i understand it it can feel like you said like a mountain but one thing one mm. thing a day and i promise you this will help you i'm reaching out and speaking to one person or when somebody asks you how are you don't just come back with the i'm fine with that because mm-hmm. because you're not so just mm. just tell them and just use that strength that you've got to tell people that you're not fine yeah i love that the other thing that connects us is that we've both been mentors for the prince's trust i'd love to know i know it's a very giving experience but what has that experience given back to you i started um, working with the prince's trust in my 20s mm-hmm. you know back in the day when i was just trying to figure out where my role was and i became a business mentor and um one of my mentees i still speak to now you know he had a really challenging background he'd been in prison and he just he had all these hurdles and i i'm not from a massively privileged background but compared to that i i have had it easy you know i haven't been to prison i have i have had food i've had a home and things like that and he had had none of that so it i think I think what it did most of all was humble me. Mm-hmm. And I can remember meet, meeting him for the first time and he knows this I've spoken about it and when they said he's been in prison I was like oh you know am I going to be okay with this guy and mm-hmm. you know I'm going to be I'm going to be safe and it was so judgmental that initial thought I had of oh my god you know am I going to be okay such a such a weird thing to look back on now because I would never do that now. Mm-hmm. but i think the humility and the fact that people go through hurdles and sometimes they're enormous hurdles and the prince's trust helps people to get out of those hurdles so knowing mm-hmm. the organizations that are out there to help you and help other people is massive and i see myself now as a signposter mm-hmm. you know i can help and i can connect people to organizations that will help them and i know you'll do the same Mm. how can i sign post people to you how can people connect with you and, and check out more of your journey your content your support and your tools so i've got a website so it's www.nickhanson.com so you can find out more about my backstory on there or i'm generally on facebook so nick hanson 
on there so come and find me on facebook i'm not on instagram i've just opened a tiktok account but i've not posted anything yet <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel too old to be on there so yeah definitely my website nickhampton.com or facebook nickhampton. get it done get one tiktok <laughs> done by the end of today do you accept the challenge are you on it i am are you? I, I went on before Christmas, before that everybody jumped on, um, and I had a little bit of fun. But I'm not that creative, and and I'm so yeah. I, I have not posted in 2020 yet, but yeah, I am on that. It's fun. It's should... a great platform for fun, not taking yourself too seriously. There's a psychologist on there, interestingly, and she's got like four million views. Mm. So I always thought it was for for younger kids and I think there's this second wave of adults going on there <laughs> and she doesn't sing and dance she just like does her posts with like words on and stuff and she's you know she's obviously helping kids with anxiety right now which yeah. is absolutely yeah. massive it's, it's amazing yeah I, I generally come at social media for three things one is fun inspiration or education and I think you know it's, it's a great platform to enable that I'm just not that creative <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I asked this guest to, uh, this question of all of my guests and my ethos is about being always better than yesterday. I'm just curious to know what that phrase means to you. I think it's a beautiful phrase and I was drawn to you because you use that phrase. Okay. Um, the thing that I did, I think, wrong before was I spent too much time looking back and too much time looking forward mm -hmm. rather than being right here, right now. So this contradicts your phrase a little bit, but I'm mm -hmm. coming to I'm coming mm -hmm. to a point. So I imagine myself driving a car, driving my Mustang, right? I'm on the mm -hmm. road and I'm looking forward and my, my um, screen is enormous. You know, I can see the road, I can see what's coming. And this is what I imagine my future to be like. So I'm always looking to where I'm going, but I'm really conscious of holding the wheel right now. I'm really conscious of the smell of leather. I'm really conscious of what's on the radio and I'm really conscious of being sat in that seat. Okay. So that's my now I'm really, really mm -hmm. present now. And then every now and again, I'll have a glance in the rear view mirror just to see where I've been, just to see if I haven't left any trail of destruction behind me as I've gone through, <laughs> as I've driven. And I think it's a bit like that. I, I am so much more aware of now. I think only your nows create your future. Mm -hmm. That's my big thing. But every single day I try and do one thing towards my goals. Like what's that one thing? And I think that's where it comes into what you're saying. So I try and build, I'm always trying to build on yesterday. So yesterday I didn't meditate. I had just a day of doing nothing. Today I've meditated. So I know those one things, they build up and they start to snowball. And I absolutely think that's why. And that's, that's my always better than yesterday. Just doing one, one thing that will work towards your goals. Love that. Love that. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. And, and I would just be honoured if you could leave us with a final thought from your good self. All right, thank you so much, Ryan. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Um, you. I think the most inspirational thing that I've come across is the next generation. And if you don't do this for you, if you don't have that level of motivation or that, that feeling, do it for your kids. Do it for the next generation. Leave a legacy, you know, and 
one of my favorite podcasts of yours was you and your son i was mm. in tears i showed my stepson he loved it and that's what it's all about for me it's about okay so we've done this stuff we may have done some right or wrong stuff along the way but let's show the next generation how they can do it differently mm, i love that thank you thank you so much for your time my absolute pleasure thank you ryan There we go, episode 76 with Nick Hansen. I hope there was something that really stood out in that episode for you, that you're able to implement in your own life that will help you be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Perhaps there's something in there that you'll share with a friend. Um, The thing that I really enjoyed, among many things, was this sense of only your nows create your future. Really links to some of the things that I say within the Always Better Than Yesterday community about um, the person you become in future depends on everything that you do today. I think Nick's Only Your Nows Create Your Future really aligns with that message. Really inspiring. Um, Please do like, subscribe, share, but go and check Nick and her content out. See how it can help you uh, and be sure to connect with her. Until next time, stay safe. Much love.